Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, Getting Unstuck in Midlife, Insights from Women in the Middle. And it is a special episode because these three amazing women are currently in the Women in the Middle Academy. I've had the pleasure of being their midlife coach for varying amounts of time over the years, and they have all had something big in common. They were stuck. And now they have another really big thing in common. They're on the other side of being stuck. They learned a lot that helped them understand what stuckness was all about for them. And then they applied what they learned to move themselves forward. I like to call it growing forward. And with this important midlife-related self-development, we're usually talking about how to be more intentional about your life. You also get to enjoy the byproduct of all that intention, and that, my friend, is more happiness and fulfillment. You're going to love meeting them, but first, let me do a little introduction. Carolyn Gillespie is from the Kansas City, Missouri area and is an accountant at a local nonprofit. She has three children in their 20s and a sometimes empty nest. While her son is away at university, she is caring for his cat. (laughs) She loves choral singing and is also an avid exerciser and has competed locally in some sprint triathlons. Also, if you're a regular listener, you may recognize Carolyn from episode 189 called How Coaching Can Help You Make a Midlife Career Change when I interviewed her specifically about how she navigated that big change in her life. Then we have Tony Price. She's from St. Joseph, Missouri, and remains loyal to the Kansas City Chiefs. 27 years ago, she moved to the Hoosier State and resides in Muncie, Indiana, with her rescue dog, Buddy, and he is a certified therapy dog. So sweet. She has a son and daughter, three beautiful grandchildren, and two grand dogs who, with their families, live in the Indianapolis area. Tony has been in sales and management with a variety of jobs from chamber work, to radio sales and is currently a relationship manager. Tony also serves on the theater board, is active in networking groups, a variety of community activities, and women's organizations. Basically, she loves meeting and learning about people. Then we have Crystal. Crystal Sedaitis lives in Chicago, Illinois with her school-aged children, husband, father, and a 90-pound Bernie Doodle. You know how I love a big dog. (laughs) She's a pediatrician by training, but now works as a healthcare executive from a local health plan. In 2019, Crystal was certified as a life and weight coach through the Life Coach School, which is where she learned of my work. She became a coach to enhance her leadership style and credits this work for her last two promotions. Two promotions and a job switch in under two years. She loves coaching other leaders, especially twice exceptional physicians. Crystal loves to cook, take care of her family, and is an avid fan of cruising. I am so grateful that these amazing women took the time to share their experience of working together on the podcast. But the other thing is, I'm so happy, like seriously giddy, 
to introduce you to them because they are living proof that when you put yourself first like this, you can totally get unstuck, get super clear about what you want, and love your life again. So without further ado, let's dive in. Please enjoy this interview. Hi, ladies. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, Susie. Susie. Woo! Hi, Susie. What a panel is with me today. Today, I invited three of the amazing women in the middle who have been in my community for quite some time now, and they have a few things to share, a few insights and aha moments, that sort of thing. So first, we're going to do the introductions, and then we're going to dive right in. Uh, so today we have Crystal Soditis, we have Carolyn Gillespie, and we have Tony Price. And everybody here today is in their 50s and 60s, and that really is the age range of the majority of the people in my community. We do have some women in the middle in their 40s. Most of them are pushing 50, and many of them turn 50 while we're working together. And it's just super fun to plan that together and to make it more intentional and then, of course, to celebrate. So like I said, I was really excited to have you all on the show today because I want you to share some of your insights, your aha moments, and your key takeaways from the coaching and the curriculum that you've been working with and working with me on in the coaching community, which, like I said, now is the Women in the Middle Academy. So I talk about the focus of this work being coaching, community, and connection, emphasis on community and connection. And, you know, together we're learning how to get unstuck, how to get clear about what you want in your next chapter, and finally feel free of what's holding you back. So let's start with some introductions. If you could just say a little bit about yourself, how old you are. We love talking about age here in a very positive, empowering way and where you are in the world. That would be great. So, Tony, let's start with you. That's easy. I am uh, this, one of the seniors of the group. My name is Tony Price. I'm s turned 68 on Sunday and I am in Muncie, Indiana. Muncie, Indiana. There must be a song written about that somewhere. <laughs> Actually, there is. <laughs> awesome. Welcome. Carolyn, let's hear from you. Hi, I'm Carolyn Gillespie, and I am 51. I did turn 50 while I was in the group. Um, also, I am from Kansas City, Missouri. We are, the Midwest is representing strong today. <laughs> Welcome. So glad you're here. Is that, did I get that right? Are you both from the Midwest? Yeah. It is technically the Midwest, right? Indiana yes. is the Midwest, although some of us here in Missouri would dispute that. <laughs> <laughs> and Carolyn, I too am, and we, we have in common that we're both from Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if my third panel guest is also technically from the Midwest. Crystal, let's hear from you. Yeah. Hi, I am Crystal Soditis. I am 52 years old and I am not from the Midwest. I live in Chicago, but I grew up on the East Coast on Long Island. There we go. And is Chicago technically considered the Midwest? Yes. Yes. Chicago is the Midwest. But you know what? I have to say, that's the party of the United States that I have the least familiarity with. I visited the I just don't really understand that part of the world so much. But now I have all these new friends to visit. <laughs> 
There you go. Come on down. Come on. Anytime. I think I might. Once traveling becomes a little more comfortable again, for sure. All right. Thank you so much. So let's start by talking and we'll do like a roundtable sort of thing. Uh, but of course, if you feel like you want to add to something that somebody else says, please feel free to do so. So let's go back to when you weren't feeling exactly the way you wanted to feel and you started to notice that something was off. Can you talk a little bit about that? What was missing back then? And then what were you looking for when you were looking to join something? What was that experience like for you? Carolyn, do you want to start? Sure. I'll start. When I started noticing something was off, I was kind of unhappy in my job. And I was kind of not sure what I wanted to do next, but I knew I needed a change. Um, But I was afraid I was too old. I thought Mm -hmm. I was almost dead and no one would want to hire me for, you know, and I didn't even know what I was good at and what I could do. Um, So what was the other question, Susie? Well, I just want to pause there for a second on almost dead. (laughs) (laughs) What did you notice yourself thinking when you were feeling like that? Um, I felt defeated, you know, that I was just, I was, you know, I was washed up. I'm done. And that's not a good feeling at all. No, you weren't happy when we first met. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that struck me, though, about what you said is, is that you really didn't even know what you were good at. And you'd been employed all those years and you have very specific training, which I know we'll get into. But isn't that interesting? And I do hear that from a lot of women is they they just don't really have a good, um, they don't have clarity about what their skills are, what their transferable skills are and, and what they want. Did you find that surprising to yourself? Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of bewildering to think, to be at the point where you're like, I don't even, I don't know what I'm, what I'm good at, what I'm, you know, what can I do? And I hear I've lived you know, 50 years and I have no idea what I'm good at. That's, and now it seems ridiculous to even have that thought. (laughs) But when you're in it, you're in it. (laughs) Yep. For sure. That's for sure. And then what were you looking for? Were you Googling? Were you listening to the podcast? What was that like for you? Um, How, you know, how did I find you? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. What were you looking for? I was looking, well, I, I was actually had listened to Brooke Castillo's podcast mm-hmm. and you came on as a guest and um, that through that podcast, I went, Hey, I, yeah, I want to reach out to Susie. So I checked out your website and then decided to do an exploration call with you. Mm-hmm. And I just, from there on, I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. I, I need to, this is the help I need. And it was more a matter of how can I make it work for me? Oh, that's awesome. Um, and thanks for sharing <laughs> that very descriptive experience you had of really feeling defeated and washed up. And as you said, almost dead. I mean, it, it's really something when you're in it. <laughs> I know We're all kind of laughing lovingly. Um, and it's so nice now that you can be compassionate with that, you know, that person that you were, it's still you and and it was very painful. So I'm so glad you're not in that space anymore. Awesome. All right. Oh, thank goodness. And Crystal, tell us a little bit about your experience. Okay. So um, I 
found out about you, Susie, when I was getting certified as a life coach um, through the life coach school and um, you were an instructor um, and I just fell in love with your personality and your style. Um, and, you know, you really just sort of, you know, connected with you in a way that, you know, you just connect with somebody that you don't actually know. Like I'm sure many of the podcast listeners have connected with you. Um, and then um, you at the, at the, the mastermind that year that we had for life coaches, you gave away a life coaching session with you as a part of a presentation that you did. And of course, I jumped on that opportunity um, and had a one-on-one session with you that was so pivotal for me because I didn't even realize what I needed. Um, I didn't quote unquote, feel stuck because I had just been promoted. I had just gotten certified. I felt like my life was going in a good direction, but you really pointed out so many of the pitfalls that I didn't even know was there. A lot of what we talked about was my, my promotion. Um, I didn't love the package that I was offered. Um, and so we reframed it in a way that made me feel really good and much more valued in my current position. And, uh, and I guess the rest is history, like joined the, you know, the Finally First Club. And then, of course, when Finally First rolled over to Women in the Middle Academy, I was all in. Oh, my gosh, that's so good. And in, <laughs> I, I really do remember that moment. It was in the, the hallway, the foyer outside. And I was so nervous to speak at that event, too. And it was just so great. You were so excited to to connect and meet and. And you are a lot taller than I am, which is it's so fun <laughs> when you meet people, you give people a hug and they're so much taller than you um, and probably a foot. Right. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. And, you know, the irony is what I was talking about at that event was your story and what you have to bring to your story and how you frame your story. So it's ironic that that is something that we did together right off the bat. Yeah. So good. Okay, thank you so much for sharing. And Tony, how about you? Mine's quite a story. When I first discovered you, and like everybody else, I think Brooke brought us all together. I was seeking some type of life coach because my daughter um, had shared that with me. And I found a lady. I did four sessions with her. I think I still have two. I knew she wasn't right for me because. I needed somebody more in my age group that had more experience. So it was the pandemic. We're all, and I think a lot of us were probably in that case, we're all home alone with our stinky thoughts. (laughs) And we're thinking, you know, that little two-year-old is running wild in our brain. And I too heard you on one of Brooke's um podcast and i said i'm gonna check this lady out she's she's right up my alley and i will never forget because i thought oh i'm gonna get a robot right so i do the call with you and it's like oh my god it's you it's you in the flesh i'm really talking to Susie. so um it's been wonderful for me and i think i was stuck i mean Girls, I'm, I'm the senior of this group, and I feel like, and I've done it for years because I've been in sales, we can never stop growing. 
and I'm not always doing what I want to do, but I sure am managing my thoughts and the circumstance to get that better result. That's awesome. Do you remember how you felt, Tony, when you were stuck? I felt like I was in a, a, a real spin, like we all are. I, um, I, I think there are things that I feel a little stuck about still, but I can manage it now. Do you know what I mean? I can get better results. I can control my thoughts. I can adjust my feelings. So I think frustration mm. is, is the big feeling when you feel stuck. But I don't, I'm so unstuck now, like I said, because even if it's not what I want, I know how to manage it. Yes. And I think um, that is making me have a little flashback now, too, about how I felt when I was stuck for five years. Like I was really, really in that hole. And I just remember being so confused as to why I didn't know how to unstick myself. Like I had never been so lost with what to do which was very strange to me because I, I pride myself in being a problem solver and, and a doer. And I was just so confused and that it was very frustrating to feel that way and not really have the tools or the path to move forward with some level of confidence. It was a very weird time for me too. So yeah, so it's not pleasant to be stuck. <laughs> and when you're really in it, it's so hard to imagine that you can unstick yourself. It's really, it's really bizarre. <laughs> All right. So I want to um, really kind of understand what the first or one of the early big insights for you was. So really think about when you had that aha moment or when something started to fall into place or you had an epiphany or some clarity that you didn't have before. And where did that come from? Was it the coaching? Was it the curriculum, which is delivered in like, a, there's a video component. I prepare these PowerPoint presentations that you do like a do-it-yourself. And then there's worksheets that go with it. And then there's also a podcast uh, workbook. So I select two episodes that support the curriculum that is dripped. And, um, and make workbook out of it. So there's lots of opportunity to reinforce the material. And then there's also coaching opportunity. And then another piece that often happens, and it's a bit surprising for many, but it's how much you can learn from watching others be coached. Because we really are in a like-minded, similar community because midlife is what brings us together. We're at an age and stage of life that is different and we are wanting to grow. And so it's unbelievable how similar our problems are, even though they're different. So when there's coaching, it's very easy to learn from other people. So I'm just wondering if you could, I can't wait to hear what you have to say, but just reflect a little bit on some of those early ahas and where they came from. So Tony, do you want to start? Understanding that when I looked at things as a circumstance, when I go, this is a circumstance, this is an, um, 
an object that cannot be changed, cannot be moved. And that has been my go-to every single time. I just go right to it. Or I work it backwards and I look at the results and I go, well, wait a minute. There's something I'm doing here that I need to change to get a better result. And I've got to say the group coaching, because I'll listen to the group coaching and I'll go, well, you know, I never thought about it that way. Or, But one of the things about the group that I've got to say, because I see two other lovely ladies on here that I just admire so, I feel like such a sense of community with women in the middle. And I can message these girls. We have each other's backs. We think about each other, and it is, it's a true community of, of like-minded women that are working hard under your direction and your leadership and, and giving us the tools. So that's oh my, my thoughts on Academy. Oh, Tony, thank you so much for sharing that. It's like a jewel, right? It's like, it's a beautiful jewel, and the vibe in it is not competitive. It's not backstabby. It's not uh, like it's so safe and so supportive and there is a genuine affection that we have for each other. Now, Mm -hmm. not everybody participates to the same level. And, you know, that's a beautiful thing, too, because if you don't feel as comfortable putting yourself out there, you can read quietly and participate in writing. If you are more comfortable with getting coached, then you can get coached. But there's also coaching possibility in our Slack group, which is like online um, in a in lockdown. So there is there are lots of ways. But what I've um, really wanted to do with the Academy is to include more social opportunities. So once a month, we have a strictly social Zoom call <laughs> because we are participating from all over. And there's going to be a wide variety of activities that we do on the Zoom call. And then also there's this um, mindful doodling workshop that happens every other month. And sometimes, you know, we're very quiet and focused, but sometimes it's just another way to access personality and connection. And then, of course, there's the the coaching, the coaching opportunities. So I'm really um, I love that you mentioned the community and it was everything I hoped for because I've been in many communities myself and you don't get the same vibe from all of them. And I do get private messages where people are concerned about the community being clicky or competitive. And it's not like that at all. And it never has been. So I'm always thinking that maybe a a lot of women that do find the Academy have found me through podcasts, through my podcast or or like you said, through the Life Coach School podcast, which is an amazing uh, support. And I think, you know, I, I think if you didn't connect with my personality, which is a little silly, lots of laughing, but upbeat, but still dealing gently and compassionately with very serious issues. I don't know that you would continue to be a listener like you do have to have to connect with me. And then the group is an extension of, of that. And then the other thing you mentioned, Tony, which is so important, um, you know, differentiating what is factual in your life versus your interpretation of those facts. 
is such a foundational piece of the thoughtfulness, the uh, mindfulness, the the thought work, the the watching your thoughts <laughs> skill that we learn, even though it seems so basic. And when you're listening right now, you're listening to it, you're like, oh, come on, that's not even that complex, separating a, a fact from a thought about a fact. But when it's your own shenanigans and drama, it's very complicated. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it all feels like facts. But that is such an empowering uh, part of the work that we do, um, increasing your own skill set to make that differentiation because that differentiation is so empowering to know. And right away, you just stop spinning as much on things you can't change. And you're able to see more clearly how you're thinking about those things. And then you know, even if you don't fully believe it yet, but you know that that's where you have power, that you can be curious about the way you're interpreting and you can work on your mindset. Um, and those are the exact skills we, we work on. So that really sets you free. And I'm so glad that you've gotten so much out of that, Tony. Thank you for sharing that. All right, Crystal, let's hear from you. What is one of your ahas or insights or uh, things that really affected you doing this work? So one of the biggest ahas for me relates back to um, one of the ways that you push me the most outside of my comfort zone, which is the, um, you know, the assessment of where you are in your relationships, in your career, and in your self-care. Is it, is it the bold, brave, and I can't remember the third B. Becoming. Um, becoming, becoming bold and brave. Becoming the woman you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, you know, you recommend that people take out, bring out their, you know, their colored pencils and color in, you know, where you are, whether it's, you know, red, yellow or green. And that assessment really showed me um, that I, I do have work to do in my relationships and I didn't even realize it. Like it was almost like, wow, like, yeah, I guess I do really, you know, I'm not where I want to be in terms of, of relationships with other people, you know, both inside and outside of my family. So that was a huge aha. And then, um, yeah, all of the sort of creative, um, I see myself very staunchly as a non-creative and you challenged me on that at every turn. Um, and, uh, and I've benefited. Oh, wow. That's great. Uh, so what, Crystal, what you're talking about is what I call the stoplight assessment. And this, it is fun to take out the colored pencils. <laughs> Anytime we have a chance to pull those pencils out, super fun or crayons or markers. But yeah, what you're talking about is that framework that I use that kind of drives the curriculum. Um, and it, it's becoming bold and brave is how I've articulated it in, in that assessment. So becoming the woman you want to be, which is self-care and everything related to self-care and relationships, becoming more intentional about relationships and, and the way you make a formal contribution in the world, uh, career or volunteerism, but the way that you, you know, when you put on your, your working girl hat, the way you feel professional. And so what you're talking about is that intentional relationship piece, which I have um, divided into more narrow um, aspects. And that is 
definitely something that so many women our age have not been exceptionally intentional about for a variety of reasons. Um, but it comes up a lot in midlife when you think about your your uh, partner, your kids, your parents, your siblings, and then also your friends and the way you connect in the community, all those kinds of things. But the question is, how can you become more intentional about your relationships? Many of us don't even think about it because we're, we haven't identified that it's not where we want it to be. We haven't even thought about it that way. So uh, that's amazing that it made such an impact. And, and using the pencils, when you see a big giant chunk of red, <laughs> that's like, ooh, <laughs> I guess I stopped working on that area. And then you have a choice um, as to how much you want to proceed. So that is part of the curriculum. And it is, uh, it's very well received. I get a lot of feedback on that. It's very illuminating. I think also because the coloring, just like the mindful doodling work, it takes you out of your head and it's another way to access insight. Like you're more relaxed when you're, when you're working on with that side of your brain and with the pencils and pens. And, and then you can look at something and get some insight too. So that's awesome. Thank you. I love increasing the creativity on people who don't think they're creative at all. <laughs> There's so many ways to be creative. Um, okay, Carolyn, let's hear from you. How, um, what, what is one of the early insights that you have? Um, that's a good question because there's so many. Um, but I think one of the things was I knew I needed to identify my emotions. I think that, you know, that to me, the feelings were the first thing that I noticed. And then I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Um, so I feel like I kind of start in the middle of the, of the uh, thought model a lot of times. Um, and then I have to work and figure out what my thought is that's causing this feeling, you know, based on my reaction to whatever my circumstance is. Um, and one of the first things that I noticed was, um, was fear, uh, that I felt a lot of fear about the future and about what I was going to do with my life and what I wanted to be when I grew up. I used that phrase a lot. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. You know, and here I am 50 years old, not, not knowing what I want to be. So it was, it was, there was a lot of fear and through working with you and through the, with the group, I kind of started to realize that I had a lot of fear about not being good, um, about starting something new and not being an expert at it already. And, it, you know, when you think about it, okay, that, 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 that makes no sense, but I really you know, there's so many things that I have done my whole life that I'm, I'm pretty good at. And when I pick up something new, I tend to think I should be at expert level or good, you know, pretty good level. And I'm not, why should, why would I be? Um, and then to recognize that it's okay. That's the thing. It's okay to not be good at something that you're just starting and to give yourself grace to accept that is, is, hard. Um, it is something I, you know, I, through working with you, I ended up getting a new job um, in a, in an area that I hadn't had full-time employment in. And it was just wonderful and amazing. And I'm glad, you know, it, but it has been, I've been in this job for over a, a little over a year and 
my learning curve is like, you know, vertical. It's not a curve. It's just straight up. And it's, it's been really good, but there are times I'm still fighting that demon of why am I not good? Or why, why am I not as good as I want to be? Or why am I not in that place? And this, the thought work helps, it helps me catch it. I think that's, that's it. You catch yourself doing these things. So you're not, you might spin still, just not as long and you, you catch yourself. And to me, that's, that's really important that, you, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, it's all unicorns and rainbows right now. It's not always that, but you know how to deal with it. And you can, and you, and sometimes it's like, you're right where you need to be. Um, and I think that's, to me, that's, that's like, was a very much an aha moment. It's like, it's okay that you're not an expert. That's okay. You're right where you need to be. You're in the process. Wow. That is so good. I'm so glad you mentioned fear. So many of us feel fear. And that was the emotion that also surprised me when I was in my stuckness. I, it never occurred to me that I was fearful. I didn't think of myself as a fearful person. I actually thought of myself as courageous and brave. So to be faced with that feeling that I was having trouble recognizing, uh, I was floored, but I was scared to death. And, and also the fear was related to a thought I had about aging out as well. Um, and you talked about that a little bit at the beginning, but I, I felt like all of my years in my career, and I really did like my career, but I always thought that being older and wiser and having seniority and earning benefits and like getting the perks of being a long-term employee, I always thought that that was good, that that was gold star material, right? And then I started to come face to face with this idea that it wasn't going to serve me the way perhaps if I would have changed jobs and not been in the same job for 19 years and um, that if I would have pushed myself to take secondments and to have more experiences and that maybe that's what I should have been doing. And I just, it all came, I felt like it was like to a screeching halt in my brain where I went, wow, I made big mistakes. I've been kidding myself. I really thought I was kidding myself. So I was extremely fearful too. And then the other thought that you have about that you shared about being a beginner, exactly. Being a beginner when you're used to being at the top of your field, of your skill set, of your profession, and knowing that you are the one who's going to be getting feedback and you are the one who's going to have a learning curve or a steep climb, whatever it is. I mean, I even felt that when I went to tap dancing after 40 years. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be the old lady in the group. And I recognized it once in a tennis group. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm the oldest one here in this group. How, how young are these ladies? Oh, my God, I think they're in their 20s. <laughs> so it's just having more age awareness and understanding that, yeah, you might be one of the older women in the group, but what are you making that mean? And so what if you're a beginner? And you're learning. You have so much to bring to the table. A lot of the new research that's been coming out in the last few years is focusing on older workers and what they bring emotionally and socially to the table and how it's very different. 
and very, um, very needed in workplaces. And so I love, you know, seeing that because as an older worker, it is easy for a lot of us to feel less than. So um, I totally get the fear. And I hear that from so many women when they're, um, you know, knowing that they need to change, but feeling very resistant or scared and not really understanding what the problem is. I mean, all, honestly, the other thing is the last time I applied for a job was out of the newspaper. LinkedIn did not exist. <laughs> there was nothing online, no way to apply. I mean, I got in that year that I got my last job, I got a mouse at my first. I had a computer, I had an office, and I had a mouse. The job before that, I had a shared computer with no mouse. So this was in 1994 that I'm referencing, but yeah, like things really change. So there's just so many things that go into thinking about changing your career. And it was a pleasure and an honor, actually, Carolyn, watching you uh, navigate that and then come out the other end with exactly what you wanted, even though it was scary, even though it was a pandemic, even though, even though, even though. Um, you really challenged yourself and, and learned to embrace that original training that you disconnected from so much. So interesting. It, it was nice to feel um, proud of myself and confident in myself where I hadn't felt that in a while. Wow. You're a poster child for this work. You all are actually like really what we're talking about to somebody who's stuck it might feel like just unattainable because you're also happy and you're thriving and, and no, it's not perfect. Of course it's not perfect. We're all still working on other things, but there has been movement and there has been success and there has been more excitement. <laughs> like There's more excitement and positivity when you really start to embrace what's actually possible and you call yourself out on tolerating what's not bringing you joy. That's the thing. Like for years, we tolerate so much. Does anybody relate to that idea of just tolerating and putting up with? Tony, did you, do you relate to that? Of course I can. I mean, I've been terrible at tolerating and putting up with all my life. It's kind of like my MO. I think probably all of us have. I, uh, I think the nice thing about it is that instead of being frustrated and angry and blaming, now I have that tool to go, and I've said this and I'm repeating it, is I'm not going to change that. That can't be changed. But I can change the way I think and act about it. So this is a tool. I say, I say this was my pandemic gift. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm probably going to be 75 and showing up with all of the stuff. Awesome. Because, you know, I'm going to be the woman in the middle that lives to be 140, right? So, uh, yeah, I think we all have. That's amazing. 
So what would you say the after looks like? So we talked a lot about the before. And just briefly, if you could just a sentence or two or a feeling or two of what it's like to have made progress on unsticking yourself. What does that look or feel like to you? Crystal, do you want to start? Yeah. um, You know, it feels like in many ways really freeing um, and it feels like acceptance. It's a lot of what, you know, Tony and Carolyn already said is that it's not like all of a sudden life is perfect because life will never be perfect. But when you do hit those bumps in the road, they don't derail you to the same extent as they used to. You've got tools in your toolbox. Tony used the word a tool. You know, that's what it is. Like, you know, thought work is just a, is, is a tool. It's a fantastic tool that you can use to help get yourself out of the spin. Um, and, and, Tony also talked about the community. Um, There's so much support within the community. And then there's also Slack where if you're in a spin, you can always post something on Slack uh, and you get great coaching from you, Susie, but then you also get support from the other women. So good. I like to call it a glorious spin. Like, let's really talk about that spin we're in. (laughs) Glorious. Thank you for sharing. So freeing acceptance and just that confidence that you're not going to be derailed because you know what to do. Even if you don't have the whole thing solved, you know what to at least the next step to take. That's awesome. Carolyn, how would you describe it? The after. Well, um, the after is is similar to what Crystal said um, as far as, you know, life isn't perfect, but life is is intentional for me now. Um, And if I'm doing things that I'm not happy with, like what Tony said about maybe, you know, doing some things that, you know, you don't really want to do, but you still have to do. I mean, you can't get out of doing the dishes and clean in the bathroom. Um, (laughs) But there, you know, it's able, you're able to focus on maybe why you're doing something. Um, You Susie, you often say, you know, if you like your reasons for feeling a certain way, then that's important. That's intentional. You're, you understand that, yes, this means something to me. So if I'm unhappy about social injustice in the world or something like that, if I like my reason, if, you know, it's justifiable in some sort of way it, it, to me, then that's important. That's what those are emotions that are important. But I do also like that when the when you don't like your reasons, you catch yourself and you can say, okay, how can I um, reframe what's going on here to be in a way that I can, I do like how I'm feeling about it. So good. Thank you for that. And Tony, what's your after look like? I think... I I used to do things like, you know how we would run to somebody and go, do you know what so-and-so did or what do you think about this? And we would blame and complain. Well, I don't blame and complain anymore. And I think when I say, and I, I said it in our group, I said, I'm so unstuck. 
And I am so unstuck because I just look at that immovable, that object that cannot be moved. And I can't do anything about it. And I don't need to go run and, and flap my jaws about it. I can just sit down and assess the situation. And like these ladies have said, we can do things intentionally. And we have that control. So, so that's the difference. Yeah, that and huge difference, right? And I would say for me, having done this work to, before I met y'all and with y'all, <laughs> I feel right now such a responsibility to amplify my life. And that word amplification, I really take seriously. So I like to amplify joy, to amplify happiness, to, to yes. kind of sniff out an opportunity and pump it up. And I'm much more aware of doing that now, not just waiting, not just receiving or responding, but to take action and amplify. And um, I've done that. I, 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 I've done it and I want to do more of it. And um, it's much more top of mind now. And that's intentional. Okay. So closing thought, very brief. If you could um, tell your future, if your future self had an opportunity to tell you something now that you're on the other side of stuckness, but you know, there's more possibility in your life. One sentence, what would that future self of yours say to you now at this age and stage? Tony, what would she say? My future self would say, why did you not do this sooner? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on, girl. Why? You settle your, I wish you would have been a calmer, le- less knee-jerk person mm. sooner. So good. Okay. So get, so if you're not even 50, do it. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> Crystal, what would she say to you? My future self would say, you are living your best life and you have Susie to thank for it. Oh, my gosh, Crystal. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, I I can't even tell you all how grateful I am for your participation and commitment. That's for sure. You're a doll. Okay, Carolyn, what would she say to you? Well, she she would say you're not almost dead and you still have a lot of living to do and a lot of learning to do. So get in gear, get Get to work with Susie and get into the women in the middle because that's where you need to be. And it's such a supportive community. And um, if you're, you know, for me, I've always been looking for a tribe and I think I found it. I know I did. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Ladies, thank you so much for spending this time with me on the podcast. Your growth and commitment to yourself is unbelievable. I couldn't be more happy for you. And I couldn't be more proud to be just a, you know, a little part to have helped you grow this way. So thank you so much. I can't wait to see what else that you do. Thanks, Susie. Talk to you soon. Okay. That's it for this episode. Amazing, right? Like I said before, I am so grateful that Crystal, Carolyn, and Tony came on to share their powerful experiences and insights because it helps make it so obvious that you are not alone. When you're stuck, like you may be right now, it can feel so overwhelming and confusing. You may be more confused than ever before about what to do, where to go, and how to move forward. That is totally what happened to me. 
And doing it alone when you feel so alone doesn't work for everyone. It can be bad. So you can be part of a true community that can really help and support you on your path forward. What that means is that your next chapter can not only be more clear and more fun, but it can also be with more support and more true connection. And that's something that can be hard to find in midlife. So please, if you are spinning and feeling stuck, take a baby step, book your free momentum call and consider joining the Academy. We would love to welcome you in, all of us. All right, as you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck. This really is what regret-proofing your life is all about. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be. If you want to get unstuck and more clear about your next chapter, check out the Women in the Middle Academy. Head over to www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, go to www.susierosenstein.com and click on the podcast tab to find the information about this episode. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.